My son Aaron and his wife Destry, our daughter-in-law, live in Boulder County, Colorado, as do our two granddaughters, Grace and Addison. And every year, uh, Sherry and I, for boy, eight, ten years, go out and spend a month in Colorado. I do some speaking and some other things, and we spend our time with them. They're part of a great church. It's called Cornerstone Church of Boulder. Now, there's no question that for them, like many of us, 2021 was a very, very difficult year. If you remember, someone went into King Super there in Boulder and took lives. And my son's church and he were part of ministering to many people that were already struggling with the despair of COVID. And now they faced that. And I, I have to believe that there were many, many people in Boulder County that had on their mind, let's hope that 2022 is better than 2021. But as you may or may not know, last week, Boulder County faced an unbelievable tragedy. And when I talked to Aaron, he even said, Dad, in some ways, it feels like Armageddon out here. So they had these historic winds that were 80 to 100 miles an hour. Down power lines then started a fire. And that fire swept through with such speed that people had to evacuate in a moment's notice. And today, we know that there's over a thousand structures that were burnt completely to the ground. Now, all through this, we were making regular contact with Aaron and also with other friends. We have friends now that are out there, part of Cornerstone Church, and we were texting and calling and finding out how is everyone and what is happening. And with Aaron and Destry, the fires came within 15 minutes of their home. Another good friend of mine named John said the fires came within less than a quarter of a mile of his home, and they had to evacuate. Now, Aaron and Destry are okay. Many of our friends that are out there, they're okay. But I think it's important to remember that because of COVID and the shooting and the stress that people have, under, have been under, that it was already a very, very difficult time. And now this. I know that when I talked to my son, he said, Dad, those that still have homes are beginning to make preparation for friends and family and neighbors to have a place to stay. And he said, that's what Destry and I are doing as well, housing friends, friends that have, in essence, lost everything. Now, once again, I can't help but think about the scripture that comes in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 3, that says, Remember those in prison as though you were together with them, and those who are mistreated as if you yourself were suffering. There's a call for us to remember, to be present with, not remember like, oh, yes, that happened, but to be present with people that are going through such difficult times. So I want to say something very specifically that we can do regarding these people in Boulder 
as well as we could do with the people that just recently suffered the devastation of tornadoes through Tennessee and Kentucky. So let's begin with where a lot of people start, and that is, let's make sure we pray. I don't believe that prayer is nothing but uttering hopes to God. I believe prayer often unleashes the power of God. That prayer makes a difference. Our Lord prayed. His disciples asked Jesus to teach them to pray, and so let's pray for these people and all people that are going through difficulties right now. Boulder simply brings it to our mind. And I have to admit that I'm praying that this is also an opportunity for the church. The church in Boulder, the church wherever people are struggling to raise up in the name of Jesus, to rise up in the name of Jesus and to serve and to care and to let the light of Christ come in the midst of darkness. I believe there is something substantive about prayer. So will you remember, re-enter, be part of this time in your prayers? I think we can also go further than that, and that is that we can give and we can support them. I know that you could look at Red Cross. You can also pull up the Cornerstone Church website, and you're going to find specific ways in which you can be supportive. I know my son has already been part of a gathering of pastors and churches that are trying to determine what can they do. If you've seen any pictures of what happened in Boulder, just like what happened in Tennessee and Kentucky, whole neighborhoods are gone. There is nothing there but ashes. And may we raise up. I mean, you do know these are our brothers and our sisters. And for them, this is, this is genuine trauma. And it would be good for us to remember them as those suffering with them. The smallest of gifts, all gathered together by the community of Christ, can make a great, great difference. So I think it's important for us to remember, re-enter, I also think it's a time for us to always remember the theological implications of moments like these, because they're real. So I was reading an article, and there's a man standing beside his home in Boulder, perfect, not touched, and yet all around him, there are ashes from other homes that burnt to the ground. And of course, he said, this is a miracle. And the implication of that is, of course, that God gave special favor to him, that while other people lost everything, he lost nothing. Well, I guess he's right. This is a miracle. But it also begs us to think about this theologically, because how many times in life we're facing circumstances where we equally believe, we are equally God's children, we have equal hopes, and yet for some people, 
they face a difficulty, and in this case, even a devastation, and someone else, they've been delivered from that very thing. And how do we live in the creative tension between those two things? I think it's important for us to think about that in this moment. How many of our brothers and sisters around the world, but also in Boulder, are facing loss and trauma and wondering what tomorrow holds? And there are others that are going to go to church today and other days and give thanks and stand and give a testimony of how they were spared. It's in that tension between what could be called the theology of the cross and the theology of glory that we as Christians need to struggle. The theology of the glory is just the fact that God is powerful. His arm is not too short to save. I just got done talking about the greatness of God, the wisdom of God, the power of God. It's undeniable. Jesus can stop the storm. He can still the storm, heal the disease, deliver from the powers of darkness. This is the glory of Christ and his power and his promise that our God is that big. And there are times when this is precisely what we experience in the midst of our difficulty. The power of God coming and delivering and protecting. And it is, in fact, miraculous. But there is another tension. It's not just the theology of glory. There is also, at times, the theology of the cross. And the theology of the cross is the realization that there are times in which we will face the difficulty and face the devastation, and yet the promise of God is he will meet us in it. Meet us in our loss, in our lament, and give us strength, and bring light, and encourage us to watch in the coming moments and days and weeks for his intervention in the midst of these difficulties. You see, that's the promise of Scripture that God will meet us either in the rescue or he will meet us in the devastation. And in both of these, he will hold us in his arms of love. I do not believe that the fact that one house is saved and another house is devastated is that God is saying, I love this person more than the other, not in the least. It's a living example of this tension that God meets us in the glory and he meets us in the cross. And that we as his people need to be present in both of those four people, whether they're experiencing the glory or experiencing the cross. And we meet them by praying for them, we meet them by supporting them, and we meet them by struggling with them to find where is God, what is the meaning, and what is he asking of us in the midst of this. So I think of my son who has said, Dad, you know, we were spared. Now we're making preparations to go help those that were hurt, to bring families into our home. That's a response to the cross. 
That's a response to the devastation. Today, I was thinking about this. And my mind went back to the book of Daniel and the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Are there any Christians that do not know the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and that they would not bow down? Because for them, in bowing down to any God but God was to, in fact, deny God. And they were not willing to deny God no matter what. And as a result of that, they were thrown into a fiery furnace. And the statement that they make in this text about the fact that their God is able to deliver them, and even if he does not, glory and cross. And even if he does not, they're still going to praise him, and they still refuse to bow down. There's no question, but there are individuals that are really struggling all around the globe. But right now, today, my mind, I have to admit, is on Boulder. And there are some people that are lamenting and wondering and having questions, and all that they had ever collected, if you will, is now gone in a vapor. And it's traumatic, and they have the right to mourn and to grieve, and they need our support. They need our prayers. But we need to also struggle and hold for them the reality that God meets us to deliver us, but he will also meet us in the midst of the devastation to give us strength. And that in both cases, we look for his light. Now, we need to remember these folks and not just remember them, but struggle with them and decide what is it that we can do to encourage, to support, and to provide. I think that's something God's asking of us. May God bless you today. 